This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. It's important we look at the facts. Why? Why? Douglas Ross is sounding pretty scared. I believe in independence. And he clapped like a seal. Hello, I'm Paul Hutchin, political editor of The Daily Record, and welcome to the latest episode of Planet Hollywood, our new Scottish politics show. Joining me to chew over the latest events are two valued colleagues, Douglas Dickey, content editor of the Scottish Daily Express, and John Ferguson, political editor of the Sunday Mail. Now, last week, there was only one political story in town, and that was the SNP leadership, which has been amazing for journalists. Nothing has changed. Uh, we had the first SNP hustings last night in Cumbernauld between the three candidates, Hamza Youssef, Kate Forbes, and Ash Regan. Now, before we come to the main flashpoints, we're going to discuss a bit of a side story, which was the planned media blackout. Um, you may have read that uh, SNP bosses wanted to bar journalists from attending. Um, this caused a massive backlash. There was a sort of partial U-turn where a handful of journalists were allowed in and they agreed to a live stream. So if I could just come to you first, John, why do you think the SNP made this extraordinary blunder? Um, I think that it probably had more to do with the SNP being worried about what the media might see of their own membership than what they might see of any of the candidates. I guess it's about not wanting to um, to, to have your dirty laundry laundered in public. They would just rather keep this stuff behind closed doors because there's a chance that you could have candidates falling out and also potentially seeing the, um, the SNP members disagreeing on some of the really big questions that the SNP face, potentially uh, showing their discontent at the lack of progress on independence. I think there's a few reasons why the SNP hierarchy might have wanted this behind closed doors. Um, I think that there's generally just a, a bit of a, a hostility towards the media of the SNP. I'm sure this would, I'm not telling you anything you don't know. If you've been in touch with our press office over the last few weeks, you'll know that they can sometimes be quite difficult to deal with. They feel like we're out to get them. And uh, I, th I think for all those reasons, they would have rather kept this behind closed doors. They also might, they'll be aware of the fact that they've got another eight events coming up. Um, and, you know, they're you have to think that a few of those, there's going to be the potential for at least a few embarrassing incidents. Um, Douglas, I'll just read you the, the first question at the SNP hustings. It was uh, really charming. What will the candidates do to counter the misinformation, lies and antipathy aimed at our party on a daily basis by journalists based in Scotland? Um, I'm kind of presuming that that person's not an express reader. I wouldn't think so, no. Um... What I, what I actually find most interesting about that is that the candidates didn't, you know, distance themselves from that view. They all seemed, uh, you know, I, I think Humza called it, 
you know, an excellent first question or a very good first question. And I think that shows that these these kind of opinions aren't, aren't, aren't just held with a kind of rank and file. Um, another thing I'll say about the whole kind of media ban is I think maybe they were trying to do us a favour because if that's what we've got to put up with for another eight, you know, Huston's, uh, it's just, it, it, it just highlights, as John said, it highlights how, how, how poor the candidates are and that the... Um, what what the party members want to focus on isn't isn't what the rest of the country wants to focus in, uh, on, and I think it's a reminder as well that this is an SNP leadership contest rather than just a contest to be first minister. Um, and I, I think the basic fact is is it is, is it they wanted to um, be able to have these discussions without being embarrassed. Maybe they wanted to talk about us behind their back. Um, they obviously weren't able to do that. So. Uh, yeah, just the whole thing was a complete embarrassment for them. Uh, the irony being that they probably wanted to uh, stop themselves from being embarrassed, and yet by doing it, um, that's that's you know the very thing that's happened. Now, if we focus on the the content, of what was discussed at the hustings, it was all very polite. Um, the candidates didn't really attack each other. There was one moment though when uh, an SNP member asked about faith and whether that uh, would stop someone from reaching the top clearly a reference to Kate Forbes. And then Hamza in his answer shoehorned in a defence of LGBT rights, which was a pretty unsubtle dig at Kate saying that she would not have supported same-sex marriage um, had she been an MSP in 2014. What did you make of that, John? Um, was it fair game? Um, uh, and it didn't seem to ruffle Kate Forbes much. Yeah, I think, I think Kate's surprised everybody by the way she's come back from this um she was obviously last week it looked like she was potentially down and out as a result of her comments that she wouldn't have voted for equal marriage um but this week she's right back in it and looks like um she's you know could easily win this competition i spoke to one smp insider who said what this shows you is that scotland's quite a socially conservative place and really she was probably just reflecting the views that a lot of people have. I, I think that it was a, a dangerous one for Hamza to pick her up on given that it's since some years he himself didn't vote for equal marriage and final vote in Holyrood. Um, I mean, but I think both of them have difficulties with this. Kate seems to be, her position seems to be I will defend your rights to the hilt, but you wouldn't have got them if I was in charge, which, you know, I think there's problems with that. Equally, Hamza um, seems to, the, the argument he's putting forward that he he is a, a devout Muslim, and but he's able to separate that from what, I think he used the term, um, what, what is in the interest of the country. I don't know if that, makes so much sense. He seems to be saying things that my religion may find to be immoral might be in the interests of the the wider public. So I think they're, they're, it's a it's an interesting one. If you remember back to when Tim Farron, the Lib Dem um, leader, found himself in a similar pickle, he was repeatedly asked whether gay sex was a sin. Um, and ultimately, this led to him losing his job. Um, and I guess that that's the kind of gets to the nub of this. It's, it's just to what extent can you really separate someone's 
religious beliefs from their politics. Um, I'd, I, I'd, I'd agree that was about the only time we really saw anything that had any glimmer of, um, of a bit of needle in it in this, this debate. Um, and it's, it's, I don't think we've seen the last of it. Um, Douglas, Hamza didn't mention the, the same-sex marriage issue by accident. He was clearly looking for an opportunity to come in on that, and he used the, the faith question. I mean, how much of a, not a winning issue, but how much of a, a strong issue is that forum in this contest, do you think? I think I think what it highlights is that um, certain people believe it maybe comes down to what you think the job, the role of the First Minister is. And I think, uh, you know, Mr Youssef seems to think it's to be a symbol, it's to be a focal point for Scotland in a similar way to, um, you, you know, the way Nicola Sturgeon kind of presented herself. Um, and I think that will play well with a lot of SNP members. I think it will play less well with the public who are looking for a First Minister who wants to get public services working, who wants to be able to deliver ferries on time. Um, so really, you've got, you've got kind of two roles. And for me, what Mr Yusuf was doing there is he was pitching directly at the SNP. Well, obviously, it was an SNP hustings, but it was, it was a direct pitch to the SNP membership rather rather than the country who, if I'm being perfectly honest, I, I, I don't think really care that much about Kate Ford's religious beliefs. Um, I think that uh, most people believe she's got a right to hold them, even if they might personally disagree with them. Kate Forbes has been quite clear that uh, she wouldn't let that get in the way of how she would, you know, potentially run government. So to, to me, it kind of stunk of grandstanding on Holmes's point. I think I think John also made the point about his own issues with you know single sex marriage uh, having 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 missed the, the the vote. It almost felt like he was trying a bit too hard to kind of re-emphasise these progress uh, these progressive ideals that he claims claims to have. Um, but I, I, I just think most importantly, as, as, as it showed that, you know, he can't, he also feels he can't beat Kate Fobbs' incompetency, which she's absolutely correct about. But if he can pitch to this kind of idea of being a progressive symbol, then that might play well, um, amid, you know, with certain sections of, of the SNP membership. Aren't you downplaying it as an issue, though, Douglas? I mean, imagine you're a gay Scot and you're in a same-sex marriage and you're hearing the person that wants to be First Minister saying that, well, um, if I'd been an MSP, I wouldn't have allowed you to um, marry your partner, marry your loved one. I mean, isn't that just, like, deeply insulting? Particularly if you're a member of the SNP and you've got a vote in this. It's, it's insulting and it's hurtful. Well, I, obviously I can't you know, put myself in that, you know, in that position. But I, I think what most people want to see at the top of government is 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 competency. And I'm sure there's other people in government who um you know might feel the same way as as um as Kate Forbes. I think it's also important to point out that you know Kate Forbes's opinions and beliefs are hardly secret. Um people uh, you know, I've certainly speculated on them, and I'm sure behind closed doors knew. Yet no one really had a problem with it. Uh, well, she was, you know, finance minister. There seems to be less anger at the person who gave her, you know, a top job in government when 
when she was obviously holding these beliefs, which I personally think are, are, are you know, really outdated. Um, so I, I, I just think, as you say, it might it, it might play well with 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 the SNP membership, but I think if you ask the average the average punter on the street, I don't think it's going to make a big difference. And um, and we noticed e e even when there was a first poll of SNP members came out last week, even after she said that, she she. She was still leading. Now I can understand um, why some people might find it hurtful, but the simple fact is, 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 is it what this country needs is someone who's going to come in and be competent. Now, obviously, I, I, I wouldn't want you know Humza Yusuf, Kate Forbes, or Ash Reagan to be first minister. I'd prefer it with someone else for another party. But uh, like who do you prefer? <laughs> well, obviously, I'd like to see Douglas Ross as first minister, but. Um, uh, you know that's just to hold you there, John. John, do you agree? Douglas first, Douglas Ross is first minister. Would that be good for no, Scotland? No, I think that would be a terrible idea. I, I, this is something that's not really been highlighted: is the amount of Tories that actually voted against uh, equal marriage as well. Um, I think the big the big mistake that Kate made on this was was to specifically say she wouldn't have voted. For it, I think that she, if she had just said that was a vote that happened at another time, I can't consider, you know, I, the circumstances around that. I can't really comment on how I would have voted now. These are my religious beliefs, but I would have taken a more considered, wider view had I been faced with that vote. I think that would be a much more sensible thing for her to, to do. Um, but I think Douglas is right. People in general, I think, are more interested in other things. Um, I think the the I think to some extent people in the wider public are of the opinion that everybody has their rights now and we should be focusing on other things. Humza spoke quite a lot about extending rights where possible, and I guess that's when this issue bleeds into the um the trans issue and the feeling that some people have that this this stuff's gone too far now who are past peak rights and we're beginning to to give out rights that are potentially questionable. Um, it wasn't quite a, a loving at the hustings, but there was a lot of agreement on a range of issues and they were all very polite. Um, John, who do you think came out best in it in terms of who would the members look at and think, yeah, I was on the fence, but I might go for that person? I think that I think that there's been a lot. Of, if you look on Twitter, you would think that this you are faced with three absolute no hopers here. And I think the truth is that um, that all of the candidates are have their own strengths and weaknesses. I think you can tell that um, that Hamza and Kate Forbes have a bit more media experience. They're a bit more polished, um, and I think both of them came across quite. Well, I think Ash um, has she's got is a bit more of a difficult sell. She's presenting herself as the kind of anti-establishment candidate, the um, the the non-business as usual candidate, and that's that's more difficult. You've got to explain a wider, bigger vision for the future. Um, but you know, I, I I think on the face of it, looking at the performance there, I think I would say perhaps. Kate edged it. 
How about you, Douglas? Um, who do you think would be the three candidates who will be best pleased? I think um, uh, out of the three, I, I think I think Humza will be will be best pleased because he was able at one point to kind of turn, um, you know, turn onto those issues that are so important in terms of being a leader. I think I, I think he made the point, John, that he wanted to be you know first uh, first activist as well as just first minister. Um, and I think in that sense, by being able to, uh, you know, concentrate on issues, uh, issues like single-sex marriage, um, he, he would have been able to successfully do that to more members than maybe uh, Kate Forbes. I think as well he benefited greatly uh, from being in the west of Scotland, which is a, a, you know, a bit more his, his tough. I think we might see Kate Forbes and Ash Reagan grow into it a bit more um, in terms of winners and losers. You know, whom's it maybe edges it, but you know, I think you know Scotland's going to be the loser out of it. So um, because right now it's it's been very light on 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 policy, but big on you know kind of message. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how they how they kind of develop going going forward. Let's talk about the outsider candidate, Ash Regan, uh, who quit her ministerial post last year in protest over the gender recognition reforms. Now, Ash unveiled her currency plan yesterday. Now, just to give a bit of context, the SNP's current policy is roughly that in an independent Scotland, they would keep sterling for a number of years before gradually moving to uh, a new independent currency. Ash said yesterday, that uh, an independent Scotland would only have to keep sterling for, wait for it, a few months, and that the devolved parliament would do the running in terms of setting up an independent central bank for monetary policy. Um, so, John, is this a, a genius idea that basically solves the SNP's currency problems, or is it a bonkers plan that should be widely mocked and ridiculed? Um. It's interesting. I, I, it's a, I think it's not a million miles away from what the plan is at the moment. Nicola Sturgeon was clear that ultimately we needed to have our own currency, but I think she was, she was realistic that that was going to take quite a bit of time and quite a bit of, you know, it was a very complex thing to set up. So I, I think the idea that that could be done within a few months is probably hugely optimistic, but then she was saying that this new currency would come in within months of Scotland becoming independent. I think when I had a look at the um, the, the, econ the, mis the economic plan that she um, referenced there, and it suggests that if independence was declared in September this year, then by 2025, you could be looking at the introduction of a new currency. So I, I think it's... Um, I guess anything's possible, but it certainly seems highly unlikely that this could be done in that kind of time scale. And I think it's, it's you know, there's for a, a party that seems to be struggling to be able to build two ferries or uh, or successfully implement a deposit return scheme. I think like, introducing it, I think a lot of people would be skeptical. Of about their ability to introduce a new currency is obviously a massively complex and expensive thing to do. You have to set up a single, a, a new central bank. You need to have a, something akin to the Bank of England's um, um, 
monetary policy committee that would set interest rates. You need to decide whether you're going to peg that new currency to another currency or whether it's going to float. You have to try everybody's wages and pensions and all the rest of it would need to transfer over into this new denomination. So I, I think it's, um, I, I mean, anything's possible, but I think it's a, a dangerous policy to um, to present because she's now going to have to answer a lot of really difficult questions about exactly how that would operate. Um, I, I think that playing a slightly longer game on that one might have been advantageous. Um, Douglas, I mean, how would you describe it? Is it is it an oven-ready currency plan or is it something that's half-baked? Uh, I think it's back of the fag packet Reaganomics, to be honest. So, um, you know, as John said, they can't even produce two ferries in time, yet we're meant to believe that within uh, months of, of, of a hypothetical independence event, that they're going to have a new currency up and running. I think I think what Ash Reagan is doing is she's trying to pitch herself to the more extremist camp. Uh, we've already seen some of the people she's uh, her campaign's been linked to, um, you know, such as Alex Salmon. Um, she wants to differentiate herself from the more you know the perceived gradualist approach taken by you know Nicola Sturgeon. Um, but to me, it, 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 it just reeks of a desperate attempt by someone who deep down probably knows that they can't win. So they want to try and make themselves profile stand racing, out. Is Sorry? Is it, is it profile racing, do you think? Maybe try get yeah, yeah, yes, yes, I think so. I think I think maybe she's got half an eye on the next SNP leadership contest, which um, I, I think will be a lot sooner. Well, actually, the last one, we've not had one since 2004, but it'll certainly be a lot sooner than the gap between uh, Nicola Sturgeon taking over. Nicholas Sturgeon leaving office, so I think uh, I think that is what it is. It kind of reminds me of these guys who go on about you know UDI and stuff like that, um, just declaring independence. And she's already kind of went down that route with you know fifty plus one any you know any referendum, a referendum. To be honest, it's just, and I think deep down she'll know that you know that's just that's just ridiculous. What she's proposing is just uh, is just absolutely ridiculous. All right, let's just change the subject from the SNP contest. Um, let's focus on the deposit return scheme. So for anyone who's not familiar with this, basically under the scheme, people will pay a 20p deposit when they buy a drink that comes in a single-use container. They'll get their money back when they return the container to one of tens of thousands of return points. But it seems like this uh, scheme has turned into a bit of a disaster. Only a small number of producers have signed up. Um, they think that uh, it's going to damage their businesses. And the SNP candidates in the contest are calling for a rethink. And the, the Minister, Lorna Slater, is under real pressure. Um, John, how dangerous is this for the Scottish Government just now? I, I think it's really, I mean, it's a potentially a huge crisis in the making for them. Um, but uh, there was some interesting, Lorna Slater said yesterday, don't worry, 90% of all of the drinks by volume that are sold are now signed up to this. But um, it's then been highlighted that that actually only includes about um, 600 
producers of a potential four and a half thousand. So all it suggests is that while the huge multinational companies that um, that can implement this stuff have, have moved into line, thousands of small producers haven't. And that, I mean, that is potentially incredibly damaging. Um, one of the ironies of this is that a lot of these small producers are the microbreweries and all of that that the, the Scottish government have pumped millions of pounds into through Scottish Enterprise over the last few years. They've really actively encouraged this as an industry and it's become an incredibly successful industry. So to close your, to, you know, to refuse to listen to their legitimate concerns and say this is happening by a certain date seems pretty crazy. Um, I suspect it is going to be rolled back in some way by whoever wins this leadership election. And I think the other thing that it highlights is that all of the policies that seem to be uh, getting the SNP into trouble are the policies that are being championed by the, the Green Party, who they're in coalition with. And I think it, it probably doesn't bode well for how that coalition is going to fare in the future. Um, Douglas, I mean, the, the minister, Lorna Slater, is a Green. She seems to be struggling on this. Um, see if she'd been an SNP minister. Do you think she would have been out at the next reshuffle? I would, yeah, yeah, well, I mean, what we've seen from the SNP is that they do tend to reward failure. I mean, Humza uh, Youssef has failed at, at, at transport, he's failed at justice, he's failed at health. <laughs> and now we're sitting here with a very real prospect that he could uh, get, you know, the keys to Butte House. So uh, I really don't think she would be under threat. She should be under threat. Um, her job's completely untenable. She, 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 she's shown a real arrogance, a refusal to listen to the concerns, the very real concerns of businesses. Fun enough, even, even today for um, FMQs, Nicola Sturgeon is, is still defending the scheme. Um, it, it, it's just absolutely beyond me why, why anyone thinks this is a good idea right now. Um, that's not to say it's not a good idea in theory. Um, we're in the midst of a cost of living crisis. Uh, these businesses have already, COVID, they've already uh, you know, had increased energy bills to deal with. Uh, and now honestly, it wants to uh, push this on them. And the fact is, it isn't, it isn't going to come in in August. Uh, I don't know anyone who thinks it is. And yet, honestly, I just wants to keep railroading this through. Um, I noticed as well a, a, a tweet from another Green MSP today, um, you know, taking the mickey out of innocent gun. You know, these are Scottish businesses um, that we should be supporting. The government we should be supporting. We shouldn't be mocking them on um, on on social media. It's uh, it's just been a complete on the shambles um, ever since she's um, she's come into this role. It's a role that's far too big for her, and she should absolutely go. Okay, let's um, turn to Tweet of the Week. This, this is where our two guests produce their favourite tweet of the last few days. John, let's start with you. What have you got for us? So I, I chose this one, Paul, because you your name checked, and it's a um, it's a tweet from the blogger Craig Murray, who's um, seems to have taken extreme exception to your exclusive highlighting um, some of Hubs's policies on free childcare. 
if he's to become first minister, um, Craig Murray tweeted, forget independence, have this shiny empty promise from your, from your corrupt devolutionist candidate as written up by the most disgusting unionist journalist in Scotland. Um, quite extraordinary. And I, I, the reason I chose this is because I think it just sums up where this, um, this attitude towards the media that we've seen over the last couple of days and the media blackout of the hustings, where that kind of attitude comes from. And you really do think, you know, what do you need to do to, um, to, to please some people? You've written a story there that is um, entirely factual. It's reflected some uh, policy announcement by an SNP minister who's running to be first minister is actually a very positive policy announcement and yet you've been called a disgusting unionist for um, for 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 writing about it so I, I think that that shows just how off the scale odd some of this criticism of the media has become and um, I, I agree with Douglas that the it would have been good to have seen some of the candidates actually challenge that perception that journalists are all lying and out to get them and spreading disinformation when they were asked about this at the at the hustings. Yeah, be fair to say Craig Murray and I are not close. Um, I actually sent that uh, tweet to an MSP and I said, how does he know that I'm disgusting? And the MSP <laughs> said, maybe he's met you. So, you know, such is life. Um, I'm saying I might be a few on the express. I'm jealous of that description of you, Paul. So yeah, it was surprisingly <laughs> spicy, but you know, free speech and all that. Absolutely. Um, so what have you got, Douglas? What's your tweet of the week? So I've picked um, uh, an account called Mercurius, um, which uses uh, videos and clips to uh, mock the SNP, uh, as well as hold them to account. Some of their videos are, 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 are quite serious and serious matters, but some of them are undeniably quite funny. And uh, I'm a bit of a Father Ted fan myself, so I was quite taken with one this week they done up, which um, uses a famous scene of Father Ted trying to explain the concept of perspective to Father Dougal, uh, using the toy cows, you know, the ones in here are small, the ones outside are far away. Uh, but instead of uh, Father Dougal, we've got Ash Reagan trying to explain her 50 plus one de facto referendum plan, which isn't a de facto referendum plan. Uh, it particularly focuses on when she was questioned, what will you do if Westminster uh, simply says no, uh, of which she, of course, had, had uh, an absolutely nonsense um, answer. She's she's certainly taken that forward this week with her uh, currency plans. And I think it goes back to what we're saying as, as Ash Reagan is very much in this contest, I think, to get her name out there. Uh, and until this happened, she was just known uh, as that minister who stepped down because of, you, you know, transgender laws uh, or proposed transgender laws. Um, I all agree that Ash has made an impression this week. No doubt about it. She has absolutely made an impression. Whether that's a good one or not, uh, I guess we'll find out in the 27th of March. Okay, just um, final bit. Good week, bad week. Let's start with you, John. Who are you picking? So I think it's been a good week, undeniably, from Kate Forbes. She um, she looked down and out um, last week after her, you know, in her very first interview. Um, 
when she said that she wouldn't have voted for equal marriage, but she seems to have really come back into it this week. I think that, you know, when she was talking about the bottle return scheme and she talked about the fact that we really need to be careful with the economy at the moment. A lot of businesses are struggling and, you know, if, if we don't have a strong economy, we can't do anything about poverty and all of these other things. You know, I think that's something that will really chime with a lot of, of voters and a lot of SNP members who would like to see the focus of the Scottish government return to the economy and move away from social issues. So I think she's she's definitely been the you know had a, a very good week in terms of who's had a bad week. I think Matt Hancock, the um, the the former UK health secretary, has had a terrible week. Is it's a merge that he's last time he had a good week. He never, he never has a good yeah. week. That guy, three weeks of bad. Well, when week. he's in the jungle, he's all right. When he's in the jungle, I, suppose when I, he I think the events jungle that would been a good week. I think the events of the last week really highlight just how badly bad this guy's judgment really is. He, he gave all of his WhatsApps to one of the most cutthroat journalists in Britain. Isabel Oakshot, and he's now seems surprised that that he's that she's given them out to the Telegraph, and this is um, this is he's this is turning out to have been incredibly bad for him. So you know, yeah, I think everybody had wondered up to now how he could have been so stupid as to allow all of these people to come in and make millions out of PPE and uh, and and COVID testing facilities. Like this, this really. Gives you an insight into his judgment. Yeah, I mean, look, what sort of a moron hands over his WhatsApp messages to anybody? Why would you do that? I just don't understand that. Anyway, Douglas, over to you. Good week, bad week. Good week. I think I, th I think it's been a good week for Rishi Sunak. He's finally got Brexit done. Um, by as he I, I, sorry, as he has finally got well, Brexit done. <laughs> He's um he's he's obviously got this new deal with with, uh, with the EU, which will help um uh, trade into Northern Ireland. It seems to have gone gone down surprisingly well, even across the political divide. I was hearing the even the SDLP seemed uh, they obviously had a few um, concerns, but most people seem to be positive for it. I think they'll get it through Parliament quite easy, despite suggestions. Um, that yeah, you know, backbenchers might try and uh, try try and stop it. Uh, I realise people, you know, it's going to open up the debate about, you know, if 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 not if not Northern Ireland, then or or if if Northern Ireland, why not Scotland? I, I, I think people need to realise that it's two completely um, conflicting situations. We, we've also got you know a hundred years of, um, of bloodshed on the island of Ireland up until. In 1998, and just in the last uh, two weeks, we've been reminded that uh, there's still the potential there. So, uh, I think it's been a, I think it's been a good week for Rishi. Uh, for a bad week, I'm going to go for Orna Slater. Um, the only issue is, I don't think, I, I think Orna Slater probably lacks the self-awareness to realise that she's had a bad week. Um, she probably think, thinks things are going swimmingly, but I, I suspect in a few months we'll look back and see this week is the beginning of the end. 
uh, as her time as a government minister. Uh, it's also been a bad week for all the um, you know retailers who are, who are going to pay the price for her folly. If if indeed it is, um, you know, it does kind of go through in August. But um, uh, yeah, so that's my that's my picks. That's great. Thank you very much for that. So I think that brings the latest episode of Planet Hollywood to a close. Hope you've enjoyed our contributions and uh, we'd be delighted if you're to join us next week as well. So thanks again. Thank you, officer. It's important we look at the facts. Yeah. Why? Why? Douglas Ross is sounding pretty scared. I believe in independence. And he clapped like a seal. Yeah.